podcast has bad words. <laughs> All right, here we are with Kim Iverson, TK Coleman, Jamie Kilstein. Hello. And we're it's talking the about most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. So previous pod, uh, podcast uh, guests, all of them, uh, TK. I think this is his eighth appearance on the podcast, <laughs> at least, and um, almost as many finals appearances as LeBron. We get there, baby. <laughs> so close. He's not going to invite me back anymore. It's not me. I'll, can I be your Jr. Smith? Um, all right, you just drag me around from team to team and and hand me championships. I'd appreciate that. So. Uh, we're here talking. Uh, we're actually, we're going to release this a couple days early um, uh, because, well, we want this to be out for the election since we're talking about politics. But I do want this to be a bit more evergreen than that. And I think this discussion that we've had so far with the minimal episode and now the maximal, I think it's a lot more evergreen than like, oh, is it red or blue? Is it Trump yeah. or Biden? That's not. Uh, I mean, th- that's interesting to me, mm. but it's not as interesting as some of these deeper conversations. Right. Also, guys, go vote for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jamie Kilstein. Um, same. Uh, so uh, that's one point of view out of five <laughs> on, on this podcast, yeah. right? Uh, and so today I really do want to talk about unity. I want to talk about the right kind of being out of touch. Uh, because this will come up quite a bit. Uh, but first, uh, we start with a segment called More About Less, where we read an article or something as a jump-off point. And since I wanted to talk about compassion today, there's an essay that I wrote, a really short one, called Compassion for Hypocrites. I'm just going to read this, and we can discuss it. I love this picture. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. The man who protests capitalism using a megaphone he purchased from Walmart. The woman who tweets about income inequality on a device that was made by underpaid workers. Mm. The environmentalist who flies to their next Save the Planet rally. The political pundit who pontificates about censorship on a media platform that reaches millions. The vegan who sprays insecticide on on her garden. The minimalist who owns six jackets. That's me. We're the biggest hypocrites. <laughs> we are all hypocrites, and we are all suffering on some level. So instead of pointing fingers, let's find compassion for the people who disagree with us, the people who anger us, the people who are on the, quote, wrong side of the issue. Compassion is composed of the Latin preposition come with and the verb pass us, to suffer, meaning to have compassion, we must simply be with someone who's suffering. We needn't feel their suffering, that's empathy, nor must we remove their grief or provide countless solutions. We need only bear witness. I can hug you even if I don't agree with you. Or elbow bumps or whatever we're doing now. Bowels, <laughs> waves. You can do I bow. I can listen to you even if I don't want to hear you. Mm. I can love you even if I don't like every piece of you. If we can do this, If we can temper our interactions with compassion, then we have a chance to ease our collective suffering. Mm. There's a lot of suffering going on right now. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful, Mm. by the way. Thanks. Why the vegan got to be a girl, though? Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, Jamie. (laughs) I I, I am a very girly vegan. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was beautiful. I agree with you 100% on all of it. And just to add to that opening reminded me not to take your compassion speech and be like, this is what pisses me off. But it, it, it reminded me so many times people use that pointing out hypocrisy in others as an excuse to do nothing. Uh, so mm. like I've had people 
a ton. Uh, like if I post something, not even preachy, just like really like this vegan sandwich I ate, and right away they'll be like, yeah, but what about almonds? Almonds are bad too for the environment and water. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. but like I'm trying to do good over here, and maybe I eat almonds, but like you're you're eating almonds and you're eating meat. You know what I mean? Right. Like, or the, it's the all lives matter thing. Yeah, it's, it's all, like, all almonds matter. Yes. All almonds matter where it's <laughs> like, I don't see the all lives matter people tweeting when like a white kid is shot by the cops, which has happened by the way. And I've covered those stories by the way, and it gets no attention. So it's like, when you're going to call people out for the hypocrisy, yeah, we're all hypocrites. Yeah, we mm-hmm. all need to do better. But what if we supported people who were trying to do good things, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, you're like, man, like you're vegan and, or I'm vegan, but like chances are you guys recycle more than me. I still get confused about the recycling bins. And like sometimes, to be honest, I embrace the hypocrisy where there have literally been times where I have them recycled and in my head I go, ah, I'm vegan, I'm doing enough. Well, that's the point of the essay is, is to say that, hey, we are all hypocrites on some level and more important, we're all suffering. Yes. And I think that's why we're so divided. TK, hmm. there's a lot of division going on right now and i think it's ramped up at a time of this time of year every four years it seems yeah halloween more so yes (laughs) more so now (laughs) than ever uh because we've politicized everything we've moralized everything can you open this up for me Mm. So the first thing I'll say is I don't believe that division is intrinsically bad. Uh, yeah, I, right. by the way, I'm not making a value judgment on yeah. good or bad. I'm saying we're more divided. I'm not saying that's yeah. a good thing or a right. bad thing or a should or a shouldn't. Right. Yeah, expound on that, man, because I love that thought. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, I can see that. I'm not accusing you of you know moralizing on this. I, I, I just think in any conversation about division, it's easy to rush forward into how do we come together, mm. right? But you don't want unity at the expense of truth or Mm -hmm. unity at the expense of value, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I would rather have division and be rightly united with the people that I share a cause in common with than to sacrifice my truth, compromise my self-authenticity in the name of not having a fight with this person. So I'll use the analogy of of a family. Let's say that there's a family that has been conflict-free. They, they sit down every night for dinner together. They've been doing this for years, no arguments, and mm-hmm. there is a certain kind of quote-unquote peace. Peace mm-hmm. as the absence of conflict. It's my wife's sense. family, it sounds like. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only normal family. They're so normal, they're abnormal. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. What are Go you ahead. hiding? Yeah, so, so imagine you got that family. But everybody's kind of unhappy, right? Mm-hmm. But, but no one's really saying anything because nobody wants to get into a fight. Mm-hmm. But then they start to speak up. They just get so tired of the of the games. They started to speak up, and now the arguments increase. Mm-hmm. The average person will look at that and say, "Wow, this family is more divided than ever before." But a case can be made that because this family is being more honest with each other than ever before, they're actually in the process of creating something that is far more substantial and far more worth having. Mm-hmm. Right? Nothing in life is worth having if it has to be had at the expense of yourself. And for far too long many people's concept of unity and peace simply involves, I'm not gonna say what I really think and feel, and they end up getting stuck in the friend zone of a life that they absolutely hate, mm-hmm. pretending yeah. pretending to be something that they're That's not. That's a great point. The, yeah. the pithy thing I have for you here is that yeah, healing requires inflammation, right? So it, it gets worse yeah. before it gets better. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about yeah. there is a is inflammation within the family. The problem exists when there's systemic inflammation that goes on in perpetuity, right? And, and I think that's what we're trying to avoid here. There's sort of two types of of um, uh, 
I, I'm again trying not to use good or bad yeah, here. Yeah. Right? Well, there's toxic divisiveness, right? Mm-hmm. Where like yes. all these corporations, social media, even the politicians, the journalists, the clickbait websites is they are making money off of playing us against each mm-hmm. other. So it becomes toxic when there's violence in the streets, right? It becomes toxic when there's uh, vandalism. It becomes toxic when instead of that family member talking to another family member about like, hey, why do you feel this way? We disagree. This is cool. Let's find common ground. You're screaming at them or blocking them on yeah. Facebook yeah. or Twitter because that's what we are being encouraged to do. That's what social media is encouraging us to do. Mm. So I think what you said was so beautiful and so important because it's like, no, no, no. It's not the disagreement that's bad. It's what we choose to do with it. Are we going to have a conversation about it or are we going to just start screaming at each other in the streets? Are we going to get violent? Are we going to you know, completely shut mm. down if someone disagrees with us? Yeah. I'm holding in my hand right here. The, the best argument against democracy, <laughs> uh, it's the California ballot. And, and <laughs> now, I, I hear people use this term as though we live in a democracy all the time, right? right. Ryan used it earlier as well, right? And, and I'm not saying democracy is bad or good. I'm mm-hmm. saying that it doesn't work in this. So uh, this ballot, I, I will show you here. I'll just pull it out. We have... There are 33 people from whom I have to choose mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles Community College District member of the Board of Trustees seat one. <laughs> That's the hot race. Yeah. <laughs> and so, do you? Uh, I'm a relatively smart person. I'm not qualified to decide who is on the Los Angeles Community College District member of the board trustee. It took Mariah and I three hours to get through that together. Damn. Because we, because it's exactly that. Like We see that and I'm like, what does this person even do? There's 33, 33 people to choose from for that, that seat. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute. So this is where I don't vote. Ah. Mm. So I also withhold voting on issues that I know nothing about. Uh-huh. So if I don't know, I feel like it's better to leave it up to people who know. Right. So there are certain propositions, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about one of the propositions that's going around here in California right now that's on the ballot is about um, Uber drivers yeah. and whether yeah. or not they can remain contractors or if they're going Prop to have 22. to become right yeah. or if they're going to have to become employees. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, I was an Uber Uber driver for a bit. Mm-hmm. I had to, to in order to survive in between jobs a bit and. Um, I liked being a contractor. That's one thing I really, I like the flexibility of it. And I just thought, you know, I bet there's a lot of people who don't really fully understand the issue. Maybe they don't even know what that proposition stands for Mm -hmm. and what it means. And they're going to vote and they're potentially going to alter the lives of people who know what it, who are actually impacted by it. And they're people that are just like, oh, I guess I have to vote. So I'm just going to fill in a bubble. And what if they don't know anything about the proposition? They're just filling in bubbles. Yes. You you know what's Mm. so frustrating? Because I wanted your take on that, Kim. Um, What's so frustrating, and I don't disagree with you, is that you can probably make the most difference at a local level yes. on these right. propositions than voting for, you know, Trump and Biden who like, um, especially in a pl- place like California or Arizona, yeah. well, Arizona, yeah. I guess is maybe up lawless, in the air, but, lawless. I don't uh, even know. I don't even know. If vote. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So, so TK, um, riddle me this. Um, I, I, I see this, this ballot that I have here and, I, you know, we live in a a republic, supposedly, which means you would, you would, you vote for people and they, they do the stuff for you, right? They, they they make some decisions on your behalf. Now, in theory, I like the idea of 
I want to be in charge of my decisions and one person, one vote. But when it comes down to the L.A. County Community College, uh, why should why need I have a say in something like that? You you might want to redirect that question. You're, you're asking me uh-huh. why 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 should you persist in voting? He's in like, don't of- vote, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a Okay. So, be clear, so yeah. jo- Jonathan's question here: Is it acceptable if I intentionally choose not to vote? Jonathan, I think it's absolutely acceptable if you choose not to vote. And my question to anyone who, who would disagree with that is, okay, then, would you like to make it a law requiring people to vote? If you believe that it's so unacceptable, if you believe that people ought to do it, mm-hmm. and it's some sort of blasphemous, unforgivable sin, then do you believe there should be a law that requires people to do this morally good thing? If you do, I want to hear what that argument looks mm-hmm. like. I'm interested. That's Australia. If yeah. You, if, yeah, if a lot you, of countries have that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I, I like to hear from those who think you should have it. I'm, I'm adamantly against well, that. I think well, that'll be the antithesis of freedom. But if you don't believe that it's a law, then you absolutely have the right to choose not to vote, right? And for me, I don't believe in validating systems based on a need to assuage the guilt that other people might impose upon me. If I'm going to do something, it's because I believe in that system for myself. And I believe that what I'm doing matters. Now, you can't make a decision based on my belief. You don't believe what I believe. You don't know what I know. Maybe you haven't experienced what I've experienced. But if you're going to do anything at all, whether it be voting or not voting, you ought to do it based on your own research, on your own reflection, Mm -hmm. not because someone says, I'm not going to approve of you if you don't bow down and worship the nation's true God. Right. Because that is the true God of this nation. Sure. give lip service to the idea of this being a Christian nation. But you go talk to people about Jesus Christ or about the Bible and you'll find out really quickly that we don't tolerate people who preach about things, who tell us what to do. The (laughs) only thing you can get away with if you want to preach in this country is that. Mm. Go out and vote. So that's the true religion. And I don't think you should follow any religion based on people trying to guilt trip you. What would you say, and let me start with, I have not voted in more elections than I voted with uh, for a lot of the reasons you've saying. So this isn't coming from an argument place, but- What would you say if I don't think it's taking away your freedoms? I think it's taking away your freedoms if they tell you how to vote or if it's like here are two candidates, you're forced to vote for one of them. But what would you say if it was, let's say, a law um, that you had to vote? But because of that, because now millions more people are involved and invested that maybe we also make it a national holiday so that it expands who can vote. Maybe we also uh, have more access to who gets to run, to who gets in the debates. What if like making it a law and everyone votes, we actually, that's the first step in actually like fixing the system. So we can hear from more Andrew Yangs. We can get the unity party on the ballot. We can do because now it's all like, oh, well, we all kind of have this responsibility. So let's fix it so maybe you would actually want to vote. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. There's this excellent book by James P. Carr's called Finite and Infinite Games, um, a vision of of life as play and possibility. And one of the things he says is that the first rule of play is that he who must play cannot play. The Mm -hmm. moment you Mm -hmm. require it, it ceases to be the thing that it is. Now, Mm -hmm. I believe that our two primary sources of power in a voluntary society is voice and exit. Mm. It's the ability to say what we really think or it's the ability to opt out of systems that we believe in. And Mm. that ability to opt out of systems that we believe in by saying, I am going to invest my energy in building up alternatives Mm. or in focusing on other things is a huge source of power. And it doesn't really get talked about 
in the context of the political religion that I criticize. But we wouldn't have the freedom to not vote unless there was a certain source of power that lied in our ability to say, I choose not to play by the rules of this system. Mm. I choose to question the validity of this system. Mm. I choose to criticize it as a system that is not actually what it's presented to be. Yeah, this is helping. Uh, well, I brought it up at the end of the minimal about, you know, if you don't vote, then I feel like you shouldn't have a right to rant about politics. But this is changing my mind. Like, I can totally see what you're saying. Like the, And I've heard people say that, well, me not voting, that is actually me exercising my vote. And what you just said has... It's helped me actually see that point of view. Well, and also, uh, one one point to that is, you know, because I hear that criticism as well. If you're not going to vote, then you don't have a, you, then you can't complain. And right. But the thing that I complain about, the things I complain about are things that neither choice would fix. Mm. They're not running on fixing those things. Mm. So I can complain about it all I want yeah. and still withhold my vote for either of those candidates yeah. because neither of them were campaigning on anything that I wanted them to fix. Uh, oh, you guys want to know the line I heard? Because I've felt that for a very long time. And I loathe the Democratic establishment, even though I, I still consider myself liberal. But the line that got me this election season that was like, <sighs> piss milkshake, um, <laughs> was Sharon Salzberg, who is a Buddhist meditation teacher. Um, she had a line in her book um, where they go, well, you know, there's only a marginal difference between Biden and Trump. Mm. And she goes, but people live in those margins. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, fuck. That's why if I were to have voted for either of those two, I, I'm planning on third party or writing in, but yeah. I think I would lean Trump. You would mm -hmm. lean Trump for that. Yeah, well, I would. I would have, I think if I lived in a swing state, yeah. I would have, I, you know, I probably, after everything, I think I would have probably gone for Trump. Expand yeah. on that. Um, I think he is less. I think the people that live in the margins are the people who are in our uh, foreign policy is, I think, our number one issue in this country. We warmonger all around the world. Yes. Um, we don't have the effects on us here in this country. So we seem to be kind of putting the blinders on. But to me, death, like life and death is first and foremost, because you can't make any other decisions if you're dead. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So war is number one. And then that's when I put Medicare for all or healthcare system number two, because that's also life and death. Yes. But the war issue, Trump has been since, depending on your definition, uh, you could maybe say Carter or you could, if you don't agree with Carter because of his role in the Mujahideen in Afghanistan, you could go back to Ford. He's the first president to not put new boots on the ground in any country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge, huge thing. I mean, he has ramped up in some areas and... Uh, but definitely tried to dwindle back in others. But there are people that live in those margins, and those yeah. margins happen to be places like Syria and Afghanistan. So I love that you're saying that. I mean, I've become, like, homies with Tulsi. I'm, like, a huge fan of hers. Um, and the and I got in a lot of trouble for – we were just talking about this in our little bathroom break. Um, I got in a lot of trouble when I went on Conan, and I like Obama, the Obamas as people. Uh, but I criticized Obama for a lot of his drone strikes, and people were not happy about that. And oh. – so I agree with you 100%. I do wonder, however, if what would happen if there was an attack on American soil under Trump because we saw when he tried to undo a lot of the progress we've made with Ar Iran. Now, it was with rhetoric. Nothing happened. And I think people were like, Ugh! and like mm -hmm. pulled him back um, from that. But we don't we don't know. You know, like, how, what would Trump's reaction be to? I mean, we see what happens when Trump gets a mean tweet. He's just like he goes to he goes to war. Like, well, what happened? But I think there we do attack? know. I think we do know because 
Look, any any president knows, and if he really wanted to win a second term, any president knows in order to win, you just start a war. Yeah, mm. sure. And he has had every opportunity to go to war, every opportunity to dispose leaders such as in Venezuela. And he had both sides championing him, him on for that. Yeah. And he just refused to do it. I mean, he just does the bully talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, you, we'll unleash the full force of America yeah, yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, because that's all I hear. Right. I've never but then he doesn't do course. it. But yeah. then he doesn't ultimately go through with it, right? And even though he had every single warmonger on both mm. sides, I mean, we saw it even at the State of the Union address where both Democrats and Republicans stood up and cheered for Guaido. In, and they want regime change down in Venezuela. And they would have wanted it militarily. Yeah, and Trump is the one that said, "Man, okay, we'll try it your way. You know, he's kind of said to all of the warmongers around him, okay, we'll do it your way for a minute. And then when we're done with your way and when your way has failed, we're doing it my way. And that has been the criticism people have made where, well, he put more boots on the ground in Afghanistan or he did more uh, strikes in Syria or he did, you know, tried to do the, the uh, regime change in Venezuela. But ultimately... He was doing it their way at first, and then he turned around because this was all in Bolton's book mm. that you know mm. he came out. Bolton criticized Trump for being basically somebody who was saying we need to get out. Yeah, Bolton, mm. one of the most insane warmongers right. like of all time. This yeah. is Jamie Hilsey insane vote for Trump. Um, <laughs> the, but then, what do you think about the healthcare? This is so interesting because I really mm. never thought of it that way. Because you're right, I will always hear you just hear the bully talk and the tweets. Yeah. And yeah, I've never really been like he's a showman, right? Mm. Like oh, there are no the. Um, I I still. I do wonder what would happen if there was an attack on domestic uh, soil. And, I mean, one could argue uh, we've seen violence go up when it comes to, like, white supremacy uh, in America under Trump, right? But what about with the health care? Do you think that undoing—I'm not a fan of Obamacare. Um, I think it was just kind of a wishy-washy thing that pissed off both sides. Yeah. Um, But do you think that getting rid— of some of the things that, uh, like if we got rid of Obamacare, so for example, like the pre-existing conditions, especially under COVID, which is more of a conservative thing, does that go against uh, what you were saying about healthcare being your number two? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. The Republican Party, I think, is totally transformed under Trump. And I don't think there's any going back. As much as Mitch McConnell and a lot of these other guys that are the old guard of the Republican Party, I think they would like for it to return back to normal. And I think they're going to be Surprised to find out it will not. Mm. And if the Republican Party successfully, which they might if they were in power, successfully were to overturn Obamacare and get rid of it, the quickly the base, which is now the working collar, you know, blue collar base of the Republican Party would start screaming, saying, now what are you going to give us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will have to replace it. They will not be able to get away with just going back to the way it was prior to Obamacare. Right. right. So it would be interesting to see. I just don't think we can go back. And I think the constituents and the voters would just on the Republican side would would take. the. I think it's just such a popular health care. Now people are used to it. And once people are used to it, you can't take it away from them. So I don't think they would be able to do it. I I hope you're right. I really hope you're right about that. We're going to do a hard pivot here in a second. But TK, do you have anything else to add to this discussion? Man, thank you so much. I do have a couple of things. (laughs) Always. Never ask me that. Bro. I love what you have to say in theory, TK. <laughs> I'm like J.R. Smith. You passing me the ball right now. I will take this three-pointer. going to run out of the studio? <laughs> <laughs> I will take this three-pointer no matter where I'm at on the court. Um, you know, I, I want to say something really quickly about my, my non-voting position and the implications for anybody that's listening and might be influenced by my beliefs on this. I want to make a distinction between having an opinion and having a mission. Mm. An opinion is a stance that you take on a particular issue based on how you see things. 
A mission refers to the agenda or the aim that you're fighting for in life, the battle that defines your life. I've got a lot of opinions about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Josh and I have talked on the phone and just argued at great length about Mm -hmm. LeBron versus Jordan, right? (laughs) And my opinion is that Jordan is the GOAT, LeBron isn't even close, but that opinion is not indicative of my mission. I'm not on a mission to convince everyone Destroy that LeBron Jordan James. is better than LeBron. <laughs> right, right. It, it, like, I'm totally comfortable with a world where the majority of people disagree with me on that and think that LeBron is the best ever. It doesn't mm-hmm. affect me at all, mm-hmm. you know? But that's my opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to politics, my opinion is that the real powers that control this world are not politicians. Mm. That's my opinion. Yeah. And my opinion is that this system is set up in such a way to pacify us to give us a sufficient amount of participation Mm. so that we feel like we are responsible for the things that happen, but to also keep us from being so angry that we rebel in a way that's really threatening to the corruption of the system. That's my opinion. I don't believe in this system and I do not validate it. Mm. Mm. I, I do believe the kingdom of God is within us and our efforts are best spent in actualizing our potential, making ourselves better. My mission, however, is not to sell people that. If you vote, and it makes you feel better, it makes you feel like you're involved, I'm not gonna be the guy at the voting booth trying to tackle you or hold you down or tell you that you're not a good person, okay? My mission in life is to convince people to have more faith in themselves than in politicians. Mm, I remember at a press conference, LeBron was talking about all the criticism and hate that people direct at him. And one of the things he said is, no matter how much hate you direct at me, when you wake up in the morning, you're still gonna be you. All the problems that you have, you're still gonna have them, right? my contention is that when you wake up in the morning after election day, you're still going to be you. Right. And so the most important question and is you're not. Saying, let me let me just uh, add on to that. So let you continue. Yeah. You're saying that regardless of who wins, regardless of who wins, even if it's the person you really love yep. and like, this is the person I was knocking door to door for. Yeah. Your life is still your life. Yeah. Your life is still your life. And so for me, the most important question we should be asking ourselves is not who am I going to vote for every four years, but mm-hmm. rather what am I going to do between the day after election day yes. and the next election day? Yes. Right. If your answer to that question is, well, I'm going to celebrate, man, because my favorite candidate won and now the world's going to magically get better. Mm. You're doing it wrong. You're right. doing it wrong. And if your answer to that question is, well, I guess I'm going to sit around and wait for four more years until I can get the right person in office. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. The right answer to that question is I'm going to spend the next 364 days practicing creative activism as a lifestyle, taking my power as an individual seriously and developing my skills, developing my mindset and creating the kind of change that will actually last because political change is just a delayed response to the things that we do on an individual level to invest in our community. So, Damn it, this I, is Jamie Kilstein saying don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, I love what you're saying, TK, because I I think about this where it's like, if, if your candidate wins, the division, the fear, the hatred, it's all still there. So I mean, there. It, like Trump is a symptom of something much deeper going on in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we keep trying to fix the symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Tia, that's what I was saying in the, uh, the, the minimal episode, which is that, you know, the times that, I mean, you really actually made me feel better because the times where I'm like, am I being apathetic because I'm not angrily tweeting it's like no because i feel like this is the first time i have become closer to seeing everybody as you know part of the same universe god whatever you want to call it it's the first time that uh, i've really like 
thought about issues for me. It's the first time that, you know, uh, a lot of my political beliefs don't align with, for example, business wise, the people that would want me on their shows. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, uh, it's actually not great for my career, what I believe right now, but good. Because that means I actually believe it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and this year, I feel like I have done more as a human just because of all the self exploration and trying to connect with people that I've done. Then, yeah, when I was just sort of the bullshit. Yeah, if you don't vote, you're a piece of shit. Um, yeah. And you're right. And and that goes back to the bullying issue that you guys were talking about earlier as well. When people are like. It's, it is kind of an illusion where it's like you have to vote, you have to vote, and then they're silent for four years, especially they're silent if it is their guy. Yeah. And then suddenly, so for me, it's like being a, a lefty left. If uh, watching the liberals become more uh, conservative or, or not even conservative, corporatist, I should say, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, well, that's happening because – we stopped after the voting booth. We were mm. like, we got Obama. He's a change guy. He plays basketball. Look at his little dog. It's Bo. Right. Like, and then we just like let it yeah. all happen. And now yeah. suddenly the whole bar of what a liberal is kind of moved. And then the bar for conservative, you know what I mean? And uh, where I think, yeah, just wake up every day being an activist, being mm. a good human, being a, a, a spiritual being, whatever you want to call it, you'll probably end up doing more than, yeah, if you just show up and vote mm. for, you know, the candidate. But except not. some of these politicians actually do affect our lives. Like, I can't mm. have Thanksgiving dinner with my both of my parents this year mm. right. because the politician has decided that I can only have two other households, including my own. Mm. At Thanksgiving, I got divorced parents and a grandma. Right. So it's mm. like, how am I, spo- you know, and a, and a partner who has his own parents and grandparents. And it's like, how are we supposed to get together? Because politicians that are in office that we either voted for or didn't vote for mm-hmm. are actually impacting our lives. Yeah. And so that's the only issue is that uh, I think on a lot of things, there's uh, there's a lot of noise about especially the federal offices, because I really think that your life is actually impacted by your local government. Yes. We yeah. are a federation of 50 states mm-hmm. and those 50 states are individual countries. And really, the federal government doesn't have much to do with us except for borders, international borders mm-hmm. for the most part and war. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, we live under our, our local government and that local government. When we vote for them, they actually do impact our lives. I mean, my family's I grew up in Idaho. I'm from Idaho. My family and their life in Idaho is very different compared to my life here in Los Angeles, where the yeah. local leaders have a lot more impact on my life and what I can and cannot do and how I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I, I would just I, I would say what I love most about what you said is it points to a trend. And I think we should extend that trend as far as we can go. And that trend is the more local you get mm-hmm. in who you vote for, mm-hmm. the more power you have. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that trend ends at the level of voting for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it, it, it ends in your household. It ends yeah. in your household, yeah. Right. So I'm not about to stop anybody from voting. I'm not a fool, and that's not my mission. I'm, I'm not here to even get into that debate because I think my beliefs on that matter are so fringe that I, I have a healthy pessimism of ever being able to impact the world in that way. I'm not even trying. That's, that's irrelevant to my mission in life. But what I want to say to people is after you get done with all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> after you get all done with all of that, don't cop out. Right. Don't say, oh, well, you know, I, I picked the guy whose rhetoric matches my vision of reality. Mm-hmm. And now that I've cast my vote, the responsibility is either on him to carry out and fulfill those promises <sighs> Or it's on me to mock the other guy and say, well, I voted, so 
I get to complain. Yeah. No, whoever you vote for, you know, respect your power on an individual level and show up every day to do something to make yourself better. It seems like yeah. such a childish stance too, because it's like we ha- we have this problem of I'm going to vote for the right guy. And he's going to like make my bed for me and he's going to clean my room and he's going to put dinner on the table. And, yeah. and then my life is and it's like, no, it's our responsibility to do those things. And there's no leader that is going to substitute the contribution we uh, we have. It's there's nothing that's going to substitute that. Yeah. Kim, you are one of the most in touch people I know. And I say this, Ryan and I are re- relatively out of touch. Um <laughs> And That's fair. more than anybody here today, That's Kim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I Kim, would actually, when is election day? Just for because uh, I'm not. <laughs> I would I would like to uh, I I would actually like to make an argument for being the right kind of out of touch. And so someone like you who who does a political show, you're you are in the sort of trenches of of the noise, right? You because people rely on you to sift through the noise. I'm helping to, make the noise. Well, you're, <laughs> right. But you're also creating signal through the noise. And I think that's what we're looking to someone like you for is like, I need to find the signal because there is so much noise mm-hmm. here. But we are out of touch about most things, and, and so th- we, we moralize this. There are often questions about, should I do this? Uh, should I spend my time reading about politics an hour a day? Should I, should I? Sh-? There is no should or shouldn't. In fact, the truth is, we're all out of touch with 99.9% of the world. The question is, what is the 0.1% that you want to focus on? Mm-hmm. Because Jamie doesn't know about the local politics in Sri Lanka. Right. Well, he might. Uh, what if I just busted out? Uh, My guess is not. Well, right now there the, the, there's a labor dispute happening. Uh, yeah. and, and I'm glad you bring up Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. The, I have the, notes. The point is, it's okay that you don't know that, right? Yeah. Because if that was your main focus, well, I, well, I got to be honest. I mean, I, I'll, I'll make it even more realistic for you, which is, again, I've been having this battle, which is, oh, is me being a little less out of touch, not reading the news every day. Am I being, when does that turn into apathy? And uh, because the people uh, need to know about all of my inner uh, problems is during this conversation, I'm kind of like, I still know my shit. And I think that what uh, poor Kim has to go through is so much of what is being the, 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 the Twitter story of the day, the trending topic, mm. who's being canceled. All that shit, if it starts on Tuesday, it's gone by Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been, part of me has been like, wow, I'm really not informed. And then another part of me during this conversation is, no, I know just as much uh, with just like the little pieces because I have my principles and I have my values and so much of what you're being fed online every day is clickbait trash that doesn't really matter and it's gone by the next day. Breaking, and, and breaking, what news, I do, breaking news is broken. And, and so you're avoiding the, the broken news. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, and deep conversations like we had today, I actually learned something today about Trump with foreign policy that I would have never seen or thought of mm. by just scrolling Twitter. Certainly wouldn't have seen it on CNN. Um, and then, you know, when you have people, and I'm sure you get this too, Kim, like um, a buddy of mine, this guy, Glenn Greenwald, who's the journalist who uh, found Edward Snowden and did all that. He gets hate on 
every time he criticizes the Democratic Party, where they're like, you're a Russian spy or you're a, a Trump person, whatever. And he's probably said a lot of similar things mm -hmm. that you've said about foreign policy, criticizing the Democratic establishment. Mm -hmm. So anyway, mm -hmm. conversations like this, I'm actually learning but man, being on Twitter every day, like seeing what Trump did, who's mad, what gaffe, what Biden said, I'm starting to feel like I didn't miss anything. Just yeah. avoid Twitter. Yeah. Avoid yeah. Twitter yeah. at all costs. I don't worst. check it. Well, really? not to mention, yeah. like, yeah. wow, social media platforms, they feed you the world that is going to make you stay on social media. Mm -hmm. So you're not even giving a you're not even right. getting an accurate representation of what the world is right. on any social media platform. Right. TK, when is it okay to be out of touch? It is not only okay, but beneficial and necessary for you to always be out of touch with things that are incongruent with your mission in life. Mm. And it is never good to allow yourself to be manipulated into being in touch with things that are not consistent with your priorities and principles for the sake of fitting into a society's manufactured definition of what it means to be informed. Give me some examples. Three phrases by Terrence McKenna. Mm -hmm. uh. Culture is not your friend. Reclaim your mind. Create your own roadshow. TK's first rule of money is that if you're willing to spend it on anything, you'll eventually be duped out of everything. Mm -hmm. If you look at your attention mm -hmm. as a form of currency, mm -hmm. that same rule applies. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a well-developed philosophy for who and what you can ignore, that means you're probably being manipulated. Mm. Give, me, give me an example here where, where we are spending our attention haphazardly on things that don't align with our mission. Yeah, so one good example is trolling. So the phenomenon of trolling is really, it really boils down to an energy vampire mm -hmm. who feeds from the reaction they can get out of you by triggering you or ruffling your feathers. And offering mm. nothing at the offering same time. Offering nothing in return. And there are so many good people on the internet, popular people, celebrities, everyday people who aren't famous, who give a considerable amount of their time and energy to trolls. And one of the reasons that people do this is because trolls are very good at making you feel like you have a moral obligation to give everybody their day in court if they disagree with you. Mm. I think you're wrong about something, I have an argument, and I will not mm. respect you as an intelligent, logical person unless you take time out of your day right now to defend yourself to me. And my contention is that you don't need to justify yourself to anyone. Mm. You have a duty to yourself to think things through and analyze your own beliefs and make sure they are well-grounded, but you don't owe it to any person to stop at the drop of a dime and explain yourself to them for the sake of their affirmation. Dude, how wild is that? I get DMs like that, like, I thought you were all about debate. And I'm like, not to the stranger who just called me a cuck. Like, yeah, why yeah. do I have to debate? If someone ran up to you in the street and was like, are you pro-life or pro-choice? You'd be like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know you this at all. Yeah. And you're right. And they demand it. Like you're late on a payment or something. And you're like, hey, man, I'm putting out what I believe. You don't have to agree with it. Also, you follow me. Like, mm, I didn't yeah. tell you you have to follow me. And, and also, you don't have infinite time. Yeah. Every mm -hmm. time you stop to explain yourself to someone, that's time that you have to take away from one of your relationships or one oh, of your projects. Yeah. And I will say, yeah. too, to uh, not to harp on this Trump foreign policy thing, but I think it's so interesting. I think that part of the reason that I wasn't so locked and loaded to debate you and just to actually hear is because I've spent more time by myself, more time meditating, more time not 
being sort of fed by my tribe, my talk, because you watch the news and it's people not listening to each other. Here's my lefty talking point. Here's your conservative talking point. Here's, and then no one uh, agrees. And, you know, I've said this before, but the moderator doesn't even do anything. Where if I'm like X equals X and Kim's like X equals Y, and then the moderator will be like, I guess we'll never know to commercial. (laughs) And it's like, we don't actually like examine how we feel, but because I don't have my, Mm. again, my talking points locked and loaded. When Mm. you say Trump is good on foreign policy, I say this. I didn't say he was good. No, no, no. But like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. like whoa 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 but it was it was really interesting and i'm sure it would go the other way where it's if i was like yeah but what about when he did that you know when i brought up the iran thing or whatever mm-hmm. um we're actually listening to each other because we are kind of like well at least without with me i am unplugged a little more i am mm. kind of out of touch a little more um but again like i'm like you're saying i'm yeah. not out of touch with my values you're, i still what, know what, what i believe what i'm getting from this conversation is like in theory it would be great if we could just listen to everyone and hear them out but uh, in practice that's impossible because of the trolls so we have to really learn how to be a good listener and who 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 does deserve that attention who does deserve that time i think one of the reasons the trolls trouble us so much and, and jamie you, you sort of illustrated this in what you were talking about a moment ago there's two things here that i want to point out one is yeah, the problem with debating, it was person A saying this, person B saying this, moderator says what? Go to commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the commercial interest. What yeah, we're talking about here mm-hmm. is we're aggregating eyeballs through argument that gets more eyeballs onto this thing mm. so that I can then sell you products and services you don't need. Oh, take it a step more Social problematic. Dilemma. Half of those commercials, <laughs> yeah. you're having a debate about health insurance, you're having a debate about healthcare, you're having a debate about Wall Street, and then you cut to commercial, and it's a commercial for Bank of America. It's a commercial <laughs> for this insurance of company. It it's is. a commercial yes. for this medication where it's like, you know, so it's also tainted as well. Yeah. So mm. let's talk about the problem with trolls. The, the 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 real problem with trolls, it, and the reason they make us feel bad, is because the good comments make us feel good. Mm-hmm. And when we're able to let go of those good comments of, oh, you changed my life or whatever, let go of that. Oh, you don't it, hate yourself as much as me. I was like, the good comments make you feel good. I brush right by those to uh, the bad ones. Th- th- but my point is that there's no, there is no good or bad here. Right. Mm. It, it's not good comments right it's not bad comments there is a person we can identify as a troll they are suffering someone else is suffering but they're expressing in a different in a different way that you could construe as positive but when you let that mean something to you when you need that when you're showing up to twitter empty and hoping to be filled by your twitter stream or facebook or a podcast or whatever it is then you're still going to leave empty. Yeah. yeah. And, and only if we show up full and we can then treat it as data, as information, what's resonating, what isn't, mm. but not needing the positive comment to fuel me. Because if I need the positive comment to fuel me, then the negative comment is always going to tear me down. Yeah, I actually have a question for TK off of what you just said, because I agree with you and I think that's the reason. I used to like torture myself over bad comments. Mm. And this whole year, two years, of being more detached, being out of Los Angeles, uh, doing everything I was talking about, focusing more on myself and other people instead of politics, I've definitely become a little more, I have a little more armor from the trolls, but do you ever, TK, when you see the trolls, sometimes now, even if it doesn't affect me personally, I get, like, sad for society. You know what I mean? Where it's not just like, oh, this guy insulted me so my feelings are hurt because uh, my the way I think about myself hinges on your validation or not. But it's kind of like, 
some of the racist stuff I got, some of the, or for talking about like George Floyd, um, not racist against white people. Um, some of the, uh, just like vitriol I would see. Some of the, what disappointed me the most is, you know, I've done a lot of shows on more kind of like moderate. I've even gone on right wing shows, uh, which I used to never do. And I got a lot of followers who were like, hey, man, I love that you go after both sides. <laughs> and then the second I was like, hey, Black Lives Matter. They're like, oh, it looks like Cuck McFeminist is back. And I'm like, well, no, 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 no. I thought you liked that I go after both sides. I thought you liked that nickname. That's yeah. why I call you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cute. Um, but like. They just wanted me to be a puppet, and they're just kind of as hip, uh, being as, as as hypocritical. So when you see some of those troll comments, even if it doesn't affect you personally, I know sometimes I just get kind of bummed mm. out mm. that I'm like, oh man, like there's a person out there, and also to what you were saying, Joshua, like suffering, like where it's like this is what you're doing with your day. Mm. You're just like spewing vitriol. You're just like being hateful, and I just get kind of like, mm. it's kind of sad. What do you do with trolls, Kim? I am one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've been she's, trying. We've been trying to out her the whole time. Troll, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I easily get triggered, so I have to. I mean, I I can so easily just get right in there into the mm. ring and battle it out with people and waste my entire day mm. and night and hours and hours and hours on end. Oh. And so I I know that I'm easily sucked in. So I have to avoid it at all costs. So I had to delete my Twitter account. I had to get <laughs> off of Twitter altogether. Good for you. That's yeah, great. I just because I just know myself and I know that I'm easily I'm a fighter naturally. Like I'll take to the bat. You know, I'm an Aries if you're if you believe in sure. um, astrology. <laughs> and so I naturally want to get on the front lines and just battle it out with people. And so um, and I don't I know myself. I know I don't come across well in text. My producers from my old radio show back when I was in radio, they refused to ever text me or email me because they said that my answers always seemed very mad. Like I just seemed like an angry person. Was it so a lot always... of okay with no period? Because that one kills me when people say that. Yeah, I don't know all, what all I'm cap. doing. For me, it's yeah, the K. I'm not really sure what it is I do when I'm when I'm responding via text, but apparently mm -hmm. I come across like a, just completely different than when mm -hmm. people are actually having a conversation with me. Mm -hmm. So um, I... You know, for me, I've had to, uh, it, it really took my relationship, my partner to say to me, you've now spent 10 hours on Twitter battling people. Oh, and, wow. you know, it is, and he had to like stage an intervention. Oh, oh I, wow. I, I, I had a rock bottom moment for me. I was arguing with this reporter, Josh Marshall. This was like 10 years ago when I lived in Brooklyn. And he was a big writer for Talking Points Memo. And I, he, he's a liberal, but I was being lefty Mick Cuck feminist and uh and I remember he was at the beach with his kids and he wrote like fuck you freedom fighter and I wrote something to him and I took a screenshot because I was like that was my victory as he said fuck you freedom fighter and when in reality it's like you should be playing with your kids number mm -hmm. one and then for me I remember having that moment where I'm like I spend too much time fighting on Twitter this is insane and I live by Prospect Park and I'm, I'm like I'm gonna go out in nature and I went to Prospect Park and I don't even know how it happened, but suddenly I'm on my phone fighting with someone else <laughs> oh in this God. beautiful park. And that's when I was like, this has to stop. It's unhealthy. Mm. And we all have to at some point realize like where we, you know, that we're human. And I, I, you know, I would love to be the type that where I could say, oh, I can transcend above all of this, yeah. but I cannot. Oh, and yeah. so this year I started to go back. I had moments where, I mean, I used to be like, here's the address to my gym. We can fight. Uh, <laughs> but now, like, there were times, 
again, I didn't even think I was posting politically when I'm like, what happened to George Floyd was abhorrent. That was kind of how I got pulled back into quote unquote politics, even though, again, I don't see it as a left right issue. It's just a decency issue. And I thought it was pretty inoffensive what I was saying. And I started to feel myself getting sucked in where someone would respond, you know, well, you know, maybe he should have, you know, whatever, justifying the the murder. And mm. I would be like, okay, new Jamie can react responsibly. And my first sentence <laughs> would be like, well, did you ever think about this? Or have you ever looked at it this way? And then suddenly their next comment would be like, well, if you listen to Alex Jones and the Clintons and you're just like, then you lose it. Where yeah. you're just like, oh, we can't have an actual conversation. We're just going to start throwing these grenades of like half truths at each other. Right. And like mm -hmm. maybe Twitter is in the place where I'm going to like stop racism. <laughs> I miss your your Twitter account because you would say things <laughs> that would I would be like, what the hell is she talking about? But because I know you personally, I would listen. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I miss your Twitter account. Oh, uh, you know, you I have to I, like I, text him random stuff occasionally. Like, yeah, there we go. That's articles. what we'll do. That's right. what we'll do. I just know I'm not good on that medium, and I know I'm easily sucked in, and um, it is just not healthy. I think for society, for my mental health, yeah. for oh, I have anybody. some advice mm -hmm. that uh, for people listening is there have been a couple times. So Instagram has become my safe space mm. where Twitter, it's still a bunch of political people that follow me and I feel myself getting pulled in. But Instagram, I just make like funny comedy sketches. The people who found me there because my Instagram is new found me through the funny comedy sketches. Mm. And then if I want to talk about politics or mental health, I can go to my stories. Here's my video. Here's me talking. Mm. There have been a couple people who I've disagreed with in my comment section, but they seem like they're coming from a decent place that instead of responding there, like time and place, I'll leave them voice memos because you can leave voice memos yeah. on Instagram. Oh, and I can smart. be like, hey man, we disagree strongly here. Here is where I'm coming from. And I've done it a couple times. And I'm not saying I changed anyone's mind, mm. but it wasn't like block. It was like, we were both very respectful. It was thank you for your time. Okay, I still disagree with you, but like at least you're not, you know, like racist trash. Yeah. Um, Cause that's how people are normally. You know, normally we're, when we talk to each yes. other, we can actually have conversations, but social media, as great it, it, as it's been for society mm. in a lot of ways, mm. it's been so completely destructive in others. It makes yeah. us monsters. It does. It makes yeah. us really believe. And that's why the rhetoric online right now is like people genuinely believe that we are in an existential crisis. That's why it comes back down to this election mm -hmm. is yeah. different right. because this time we're having this existential crisis where Nazis are here. Yeah. And it's like, really, I don't know a single one in my actual life. You know, I just want to say and to she's people. she's from Idaho. Yeah. And I'm from <laughs> and you don't know how your friends are voting. They could all be voting Nazi party down the line. Right. We don't know. Your I partner know. could be. Yeah. You know, and so I think when we lose sight of that, it's like, okay, the commies are here or the Nazis are here. We've got fascism and communism and everybody's mm. coming to get us. And it's not reality. Mm. But mm. online, when it's just this fighting back and forth and it's just this texting, yeah. um, it feels like reality. And people do think there is this existential threat that just is yeah. not actually here. Yeah. yeah. Was there any, what social media did you keep? Like, do you do Instagram? Do you do um, I have Instagram, okay. yeah, and I do have Facebook. I try mm. to, um, and uh, you know, I just can so easily get sucked in. So I have to limit myself mm. to where I can post on Facebook, and I don't allow myself to react to any comments. Yeah, do know it. thyself. So that's yeah. I just have to say I'm throwing it out there, and I'm walking away, and I'm that's not awesome. going to come back to look. Yeah, cool. Okay. TK, you approach this differently. 
Well, I, I want to say kudos to you for opting out of, of Twitter in a culture of prove yourself to me if you're really so tough or brilliant mm. or wonderful. Mm. I, I think that takes a lot of a lot of courage. A lot of people see power as the ability to just step into any fight and dominate when power is also the ability to recognize when certain battles aren't worth fighting. And it's also about having the discernment to know what the right context for a fight is if we're going to have one. Mm. So if you're Superman, you're powerful enough to dominate just about anybody. But if somebody says, hey, come on over to this room full of uh, kryptonite mm -hmm. and we're going to have a fight, it would be stupid even if you're Superman to go into mm -hmm. that space. You have to know what the spaces are that give you strength. And then you have your conversations from your zone of power. Yeah. If you're Aquaman, you want to have your fights in the water, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, lawyers know this. I mean, many cases are won or a loss based on where they have it. You know, I mean, in LA history, the OJ case, mm -hmm. they didn't win it at the level of arguments. They won it as soon as it was decided. It's happening in LA. Yeah rather than Brentwood. When they won that battle, yeah. that was the huge yeah. advantage, right? And lawyers are really savvy over that kind of stuff. They mm. know about where to have the fight. When Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fought, fought, what was the biggest fight for Floyd? The biggest fight was boxing rules, no MMA, yep. no tackling, no kicking. Yep. At that point, Floyd won. It yes. didn't even matter before, um, you know, what happened inside the ring. Yeah. He controlled the context where the fight takes place. Yeah. And you have to do that over your own life. Control your energy. So what Jamie does with the voice messaging, that works. What I've done in the past is I've, I've even reached out to people and said, hey, look, we've had a bunch of back and forths. Why don't we just get together on Zoom and we talk about it amongst ourselves? I'm that. passionate about it. You are. Yeah. A but no, people... I'm interested in signaling to the populace right. my mm. point of view. And actually, oh, to, to, I'm not interested anymore because I was just looking at making a name off yeah. of your name, and uh, now that you're right. taking away the audience, never mind. You're my and, favorite and, person to disagree with. By <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and to that point, Joshua, and it kind of tied into like minimalism in general, is I have way less followers on my Instagram than I do Twitter. So there are times if I'm just looking for validation, if I'm just looking at numbers. I go, well, I kind of want to be on Twitter. I kind of want people to see my Twitter because like, that's where it's like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But with Instagram, even though it's less people, I have so much interaction. I have made friends with fans. I have made so much stronger connections um, because those people came to me because they saw who I am. And that's why they followed, whereas a lot of my Twitter followers came because I was screaming at the guy from Talking Points Memo or I was just trying to stir up shit. And because of that, when I post something like genuine on Twitter, it'll literally get like mm -hmm. three likes, 12 likes. Mm -hmm. But if I want to bust out that toxicity, I know how to tweet a good line during the debates. I know mm -hmm. how to I'll see it kind of start to go back up. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I just need to focus on the content and kind of what you were saying, Kim, and that's what Instagram is. I have a thing on mental health. It's not really funny. I think it might help some people. I'm going to post it. Maybe it doesn't get as many whatever, but I actually feel like I'm genuinely doing something, if not helpful, authentic. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go around the table here before we wrap up. I, I want to talk about some things that we feel like we could do. If if uh, if I became Earth Czar today, like what are three things I would do? And then what, disband the title of Earth Czar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Garlic or onions? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 that, that's Jesus. fourth or fifth on my list. But yeah, so let's. Earth uh, well, mm. So so if you became Earth Czar, I would like to hear about one thing you would implement. I've got three things mm. with respect to to the American political system that I think would be really helpful given our current situation. Not a utopian situation, but... He uh, said if, that for me. He's if, like, not, it, not a utopian situation. 
<laughs> no, but you, you can do whatever you want if you're Earth Czar. So hold on, we'll get to that. So three things. Uh, one is obviously we yeah, more term limits across the board, right? Oh, yeah. you know, th- there are so many places in our system where we don't have term limits. And, yeah. and I would love to see more of that. I don't have time to expand on it uh, significantly. But uh, I think that it's one of the, the great injustices right now is that we we have lifetime effective lifetime appointments by the way where people are spending 50 percent of their time raising money to stay in their lifetime appointment which is my second point the second thing is uh, I would get all money out of the political system. Or like put a cap on it, maybe? No, I would have, uh, I, I think it was Kirsten Gillibrand who had the idea of the democracy dollars. You, I'm sure you remember something like this. But like, basically, we already pay a bunch of taxes because um, yeah, they take our money from us. Right. And, um, and, and so wouldn't it be ideal that if you, uh, everyone got an X number of dollars and that was the only money that was in the system mm. and removed all lobbyists and all um, corporate interest, et cetera, from donating large amounts. So everyone gets their $2,000. You spend it however you see fit. If you really like uh, Joe Biden, you want to give him $2,000, great. If you really like Glenn Smith because you think he belongs on the uh, Los Angeles uh, Community College Board, then you can give him 100 bucks and someone else 100 bucks, et cetera. Uh, last thing I would like to do is outlaw political parties. Mm. And that's really, if I could do one thing, mm. I would outlaw political parties because mm-hmm. um, uh, where we are right now is uh, is essentially a monopoly that wears two different colors, uh, red and blue. Dude, the uh, there's a Simpsons episode a while back. It was like one of the Halloween specials, and it was like you know Clinton versus uh, whatever it was Clinton, but I don't know who it was. But basically, they both were aliens, and they were both revealed so to be aliens, uh-huh. and they were like. Well, you got to vote for one of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly where we're at. It's, yeah. Kim, if you're Earth Czar, what's, uh, what's one change you would implement immediately? End money in politics. That would be the big one. That's yeah. the number one issue I think we're facing is the immense amount of money that is poured into our political system mm. to help people get elected. And um, I think that is the, the biggest issue we face. Yeah. So I would end that or I, I would go to like a democracy dollars type situation mm. where it's you know, every individual gets a certain amount of money yeah. that we're putting into the system and we mm. get to decide where that money goes and that's it. And so no more PACs and no more corporations giving mm. money. It would just be individuals. Yes. That would yeah. be number one for me. Ryan, if you're Earth Czar, what, you, what are you doing? I, don't, I, I like all three of your ideas. I mean, uh, uh, to, ju- to just... So, like anything I want, not just politically, just anything I want. There to you go. Sir. Okay, yeah, I, was, I was talking about the political <laughs> system, but if you want to go yeah, beyond No, that, I mean, I, cool. I would find a way because... What, what I said earlier, we are lacking compassion. So I think the best way to get more compassion in our lives is to contribute beyond ourselves in a meaningful way. And right now we have incentivized to a certain extent contribution and community service, but I would find a way to better incentivize contributing. Yeah, how funny yourself. is that when you hear, yeah. I've never thought about this, when you hear the term community service, you are just like, oh, I guess that guy's in jail. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. that's where you usually that's what I associate community service sure. with is like you have been forced to by the law because you broke it. Right. Yeah, I, I think there is a premium on public service. I'd love to see, you know, certainly more of that, you know, of us being involved. I don't know that you can mandate public service because it's I know. sort of and so, but if your earth czar, maybe you wave the magic wand. Yeah, it'd be all like, of a sudden, if you go and yeah, if you go and uh, do some community service voluntarily, then we'll give you a million dollars. 
a lot of my friends from overseas, like every time, every, everyone, every time I see one of my Australian friends, it's in like another country, and they're like, "I'm on holiday again." Yeah. Where like they get so much holiday and time off a lot of times that a lot of them do end up going to um, to do a service in some place around the world, Ooh. or just become better global citizens by seeing yeah. the rest of the world. I remember the first time I went to China, I was like, "Oh my god, this is a real." place because you just hear it and you're like oh that's another it's mm-hmm. not jersey you know right, or whatever right. um anyway sorry Jim, what would you do no. if you're yeah, a what would you do, man? uh okay i wish i planned this um i would yeah the money in politics is huge that's gigantic um i agree with that 100 percent. i would it would be kind of cool if you could like choose where your tax dollars went mm-hmm. and actually be a proud yeah. taxpayer because like again uh, I would consider myself very liberal, but I'm not thrilled paying taxes, you know, because I'm like, I don't want this to go to war. Like, if you got a little checklist and yeah. you could be like, war, no, like <laughs> legalized drugs, okay, you know what I mean? And like, go down the list there. And like, because I would love to pay taxes if I know it's going towards education, parks, stuff like that. Um, so that could be an idea. And then get rid of this gluten-filled shit sandwich piss milkshake restaurant would be a number of <laughs> Yeah. I take mine back. It would be legalized drugs. That would be the earth sort of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I think that would actually solve a lot of problems. Psych- yeah, legalized yeah. psychedelics. Not because I do drugs, but yeah, it would solve problems. I'm glad you said that one because you took one from me. Oh. I, I was I was struggling with two and you just, you just put one out. <laughs> All right, my bad, my bad. No, no, I, I'm glad that it got out to the universe. I was not prepared for this. I have as a screensaver on my phone a quote by Hayek, and it says, I hope it will not be too long before complete freedom to deal in any money one likes will be regarded as the essential mark of a free country. What I would do is I would end the Federal Reserve's mm-hmm. monopolistic control on the money supply. Mm. And I would return us to a gold standard, and I would allow alternative currencies, whether they be precious metals or cryptocurrencies, to compete in the marketplace. And when I say compete in the marketplace, I mean if people don't want them, if they don't thrive, if they don't spread, it fails, Mm. right? As Milton Friedman said, freedom doesn't mean you're just free to compete and create. You're also free to fail if you don't create value for people, if you don't satisfy your customers. Mm. And I think if we really want democratization and freedom, we have to have that at the level of that which is a symbolic representation of creative power, money. And there's a quote that says, give me control over a country's money and I care not who makes its laws. Mm. And I think if we democratize that aspect of things, even if the Federal Reserve wants to continue printing money, they would do so with all the accountabilities that come with being the private enterprise that they're actually supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's federal is only federal in the sense of like Federal Express, but they have artificial protection from the government. They have deals with the government that allow them to do what no one else can do. And I believe if we had freedom in that area, then it would trickle down to so many other areas and undermine a lot of the systems of control because the unfortunate answer to so many forms of political manipulation and coercion is follow the money and you'll arrive at the truth. So there, I think we cut it off at its head. You are a true libertarian. This is what I have learned during these couple of hours. The second gold came up, I was like, it's Ron Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I think think TK would dispute that label for sure. But um, yeah, I I, I think we we have, what we're talking about here are all things that, what we're trying to do is is improve a, a corrupt system, right? And quite often, improving that corrupt system doesn't mean adding to it. It means subtracting from it. What mm-hmm. I'm hearing from Kim is 
we need to take money out of politics, right? Or, or what I'm saying is we need to take parties out of the system. Too often we're trying to add more, 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 more. But subtraction yeah. is often how we solve these problems. There's two other things I want to get to before we wrap up here. One is Space Mountain's question. You want to read this, Ryan? Yes. Space Mountain wants to know, who did you vote for in 2016 and who are you voting for now? You say you both disagree with politics, but could you elaborate on that? I don't say that we disagree. So, I mean, sometimes we disagree, but we just have different beliefs around this, right? Mm. And uh, Ryan, you and I did an episode right after the last election, and I think we even talked about who we voted for. And, and since we can do this for, for Patreon, it's mm -hmm. fine. But like, you, I, I voted for Gary Johnson. You voted for... I really don't want to talk about who I voted for in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's recorded, so if you want to go back and well, listen no, to episode 38. Yeah, you know, here, yeah here, here's what I said, I believe, in episode 38 was I voted for uh, climate. I voted for a better climate. Mm. So I referenced OJ once. He wrote that book, If I Did It. Mm -hmm. Remember, he was like, I you didn't do it, but if OJ did it. If, if I, I did it. Ryan should write a book called If I Voted. If I Voted. This is who it would yeah. have been for. Well, no, because, because I mean, this is, and I don't think Space Mountain means it this way, but it's a divisive question. And uh, going back to what you were talking about in the minimal episode, Jamie, like, yeah. we are forced, I feel like we are forced, and, and maybe so this is on me, that we are, we have to cast a vote. Yeah. And... It's it's what we do after we cast that vote is what really matters. Yep. But I feel like we we are forced to cast the vote, yeah. and and it sucks. And it's and unfortunately, like it's it's divisive. Yeah, I agree. I I, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, you, let's let's talk about this. So why I, let's let's be charitable to Space Mountain here. Yeah. I, oh no, I so, am. I don't think I don't think they were meaning to be. Well, you just said it was a divisive question. I, I, I said he, I said they didn't do it on purpose. Right. And so what what I'm saying here is it's not necessarily divisive. What they could be looking for is permission. Mm. Hey, I'm different from my wife, my business partner, yeah. my friend. Mm. And yeah. is it okay to no. not have the same belief on this topic? And that's really what I want to express. It doesn't matter yeah. well, here, I'll, who, I'll, who I'll, I voted I'll, for. I'll jump on the grenade for you. I didn't vote. Uh, I didn't vote for Clinton. Oh. Uh, like, no way. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a fan of Bill Clinton. I definitely wasn't a fan of Hillary Clinton. Or I also, Chelsea. I was in. <laughs> George yeah. Clinton. Yeah. Bill Clinton. <laughs> at all. Bill Clinton's saxophone was cool, yeah. and that was it. Um, but I also lived in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. um, and I think maybe I would have voted differently if I lived in. Uh, I would have thought about it if I lived in a swing state. Um, hmm. But I was like, everything TK said. I was just like, nope. Um, I don't. Well, yeah. Well, well, I voted for climate too, which means Jill Stein. There you go. <laughs> hey. So here's she the thing: still follows me on Twitter. To so yes, Space Mountain. Uh, if you are worried about voting different from a friend or your partner, your your romantic partner, whatever it is, like yeah, that's totally okay. Uh, yeah, Josh and I voted for two separate people. Uh, he's still my best friend. Uh, my wife and I, when we were going through that ballot, we were voting uh, differently on certain issues, and that's okay. Like we still went to bed at night together and 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 weren't mad, wasn't mad at each other. I mean, it's it's totally okay. And to be clear, it doesn't matter to me who you voted. It could have been Jill Stein or Trump or Hillary mm -hmm. or Kanye West. Like it. It wouldn't change how I feel about you one bit because yeah. I recognize and respect and appreciate that we're not the same person. Yeah, and I yeah mm. no maybe and if I, you voted for Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's the compassion. That's where we can cash Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Yeah, so I, I wrote a little dialogue to myself that I, I like to to share. Dear Santa Claus, <laughs> <laughs> I've been a very good boy this year. <laughs> 
You might be mad that I'm not voting, but hear me out. <laughs> I just want to say Christmas is going to make Please it all go better. Please give me a good libertarian candidate to vote for. <laughs> We're late enough in the year that if everything starts to correct itself, Christmas gets the credit. Oh, that'd be great. Okay, so what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today, TK? Same thing we did yesterday, TK. What's that, TK? We're going to vote for ourselves. Wait, are we running for president? No, we're running for something far more difficult. This is something that we have to show up and vote for every single day, and we won't receive any buttons for it either. Mm. What could that possibly be, TK? It's called purpose, TK, and God has one for each and every one of us. Yes, we are running, my friend, but we are running for a very different kind of race. We're running for our potential. We're running for an invisible kingdom. We're running for something that no president or politician can destroy. My choice today isn't based on who the candidates are. Mm-hmm. It's based on my concept of personal power. Who I voted for in 2016 is the same as who I voted for in 2012. It's the same as who I voted for since I was 18. It's the same as who I'm going to vote for tomorrow. Right? Mm. It's for me and for my mission and for me being the best that I can be. Mm. Yeah. This November 3rd, vote TK Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing in your name. Yeah. You've convinced me. Right. <laughs> I think that's a perfect place to end it. I want to thank you three for joining us today. Yes. I encourage so folks to check out Jamie Kilstein's podcast. It's called A Fuck-Up's Guide to Self-Help. Ooh, and I got my first stand-up album in eight years coming out December 4th, so I'll be posting that all over my Congrats, social media. Dude. I'm that's so awesome. excited about it. We're um, excited for you. Yeah, yeah. this will be the first place I kind of announced the date. Uh, but yeah, December 4th, um, taped in a... Maybe a legal warehouse at 25% capacity <laughs> in Socially Denver. Yeah. Like, such a weird, but I feel like it captures where we're at. Like, I'm not really, I talk about politics a little bit, but I also talked about, like, loneliness and COVID and, like, losing everything this mm-hmm. year. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually very proud of it. Awesome. C.K. Coleman, Revolution of One, fee.org slash rev1. Yeah. And when you go there for November 16th, which is Global Entrepreneurship Week, I'm hosting a free event that week starting on Monday the 16th. Where we're gonna have speakers like Ed Lattimore, uh, Chris Coleman, uh, Robin Moriarty, um, William King Hollis. Again, this is a free event where you come get inspired, learn how to be the CEO of your own life. Check out Feed for more information. What's the event? It's called? Entrepreneur Week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Kim cool. Iverson. Thank you so much. Thank you. I don't have anything cool to add to my. <laughs> I do. Check out her YouTube channel. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the Kim Iverson Show. Yeah. Um, it's just these short clips of politics. And but in a way that you won't feel like you're beat over the head with partisanship. Don't get her angry in the comments. Be nice. She uh, she might lose it. Can we do a promo clip with Kim Iverson where she's just like, what are we talking about? We talking about politics. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all love people use things. We'll see you next time. See you. Thanks so much, patrons. The minimalists.